0: Welcome to the Deeper's Creeper's podcast, where we like to get high and talk about horror
1: movies. I'm Casey. I'm Jess, and this week we have a very special guest with us.
2: Hey, big boy. My name is Jizzy Borden, (laughs) and I'm going to give you 40 whacks on your tushy.
1: (laughs) Uh, Also, we're talking about the taking of Deborah Logan.
2: I've never seen it. (laughs)
1: All
0: right, listeners, I don't. So so we have our very special friend Zach on 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 the on the pod today. AKA (laughs)
1: A.K.A. Z Warden. Hello, Zach.
2: Hello, Jess.
1: Are you gonna do that the whole time?
2: I don't know, you tell me, huh?
1: I'd rather you didn't. (laughs) Maybe quickly, like here and there, little spurts of it, but Oh, Oh, little
2: spurts. Get out. Yeah. Hey, I lasted longer than I thought I would. Right, me too. Title of your sex tape.
1: <laughs> Truly. <laughs> well, oh we're really God. excited to have
0: you, Zach. Yes, he is the funniest person I know. I for sure. You nice. really are. I'm right here. Listen. Yeah. Right. <laughs> the truth hurts, Jess. <laughs> Let's talk about the movie, Casey. Yeah. So, Taking of Deborah Logan. This was uh, Zach's choice. Um, Jess and I, (laughs) Jess and I had never seen it before, which offended Zach. Yeah.
2: I wouldn't say offended, but like, uh, uh, surprised, definitely. Yeah. Intrigued. Because I was really curious to hear your, like, immediate thoughts. Yeah, I can't
0: believe I hadn't seen it. I just, I feel like it was one of those movies that like, I never heard anything bad about, but I feel like it just kind of came and went, Mm -hmm. and then the people who knew about it loved it, but it wasn't like, it didn't, I don't know, nobody was talking about it for, like, a long time, and I was like, I don't know, it just slipped through my horror knowledge, and I'm sad about it, but also, like, a movie hasn't scared me like this Mm -hmm. in, like... Like there were jump scares in Barbarian, and like Black Phone was really creepy, and like a lot of good horror out this year, but like this
1: movie was unnerving.
0: Yes, just existential dread. I'm not sleeping tonight.
1: Oh my gosh! And what I really liked about this is I totally forgot that it was found footage. First of all, I didn't know. Well, I'm in a found footage group on Facebook because I'm a fucking nerd. But um, so is there just like talk about it?
2: Is there just like a
1: found and sound?
2: <laughs> is this thing on? <laughs> Check one. It's on. <laughs> My vibrator's got two speeds. On and on. Oh yeah. Huh?
1: This episode is gonna be a fucking show. Oh yeah. On. Right. Y'all better just, enjoy the this. Yeah, it's... this is going to be more entertaining than I just tried to explain to my grandpa what a podcast was. <laughs> you said
2: it's like a video, but...
1: With... <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah. I said it's a radio talk show. He's like, oh, you're going back in time. And I was like, Papal, I can't go forward in time because you don't understand it. <laughs> oh, my God. I was God. like, it's like a radio show, but on the internet. And he's right. like... Oh well, uh, it's kind of cold out, and I'm like, "I have to go." <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: I love it. Oh <laughs> God. Okay, so came out in uh, 2014. So mm-hmm. seriously, can't believe I haven't seen this. Truly. Um, and I feel like it was right in the middle of like when paranormal horror started to become like huge, because mm-hmm. you know, 1990s. Scream reignited horror in general, specifically the slasher era, Mm -hmm. um, completely changed the face of that. And then it was funny. It was, um, you know, funny horror. It was uh, referential horror. It was meta. And then we had our uh, torture porn era for a while. Our Our Saws, Art hostels. I love Saw, Always, Forever. And then... We had that like paranormal phase, and specifically mm-hmm. a lot of uh, found footage. Found footage, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But a lot of you know, Exorcist, possession, um, ghost, demon stories, and then you know, conjuring things like that. And now I think we're in like like an art house era of horror. Yeah, yeah. I just love I love it all, but I feel like this was like. <laughs> I was really into the Supernatural era when that was, like, <clears throat> really big. Oh, me too. So the fact that I let this slip through, and, I mean, we just watched this, so I'm still processing things. Oh, it was a lot. But it may be one of my all-time favorite found footage movies. I agree and with that. And also, like, m- like up until now, very few Possession movies Are, like, up there for me, but this really fucking is. Like, I love the original Exorcist, and then, like, up till now, the only other reference point that I've had for a good Exorcism movie or Possession movie is Exorcism of Emily Rose, which I love. Thank you. But, like, and this is so different from that, but you have to lump it in with those. Yeah. Just because it is kind of similar, but, like, God, it takes such a different approach, and I love that.
1: Oh, my God. It's
0: got, yeah. I have chills
1: just even, like, we literally just watched this movie. It's tops, guys.
0: (sighs) This
2: was my seventh time watching it, and I was somehow just as scared as the first time I watched it.
0: It's terrifying.
1: It was scary. Every time Zach would, like, clutch his pearls, I would also clutch my pearls because I knew something (laughs) fucked up was about to happen.
2: They're actually puka shells.
1: (laughs) Yeah, okay. Keep telling yourself that. I bet you have a Salt Life sticker on your car, too, bitch. <laughs> oh, just kidding. You have a truck with a window that doesn't roll down.
2: <laughs> it rolls down, you just have to use both your hands.
1: <laughs> it's uh, like that rolling, that's pushing. See, Anyways.
2: I've always had an excellent memory. It's gotten even better with age. <laughs> and I'm just mentioning this because... I don't remember fucking asking <laughs> you, Jazz. <Jess. laughs>
1: Shut up. I knew this is going so bad. Oh Jesus! This um, is a uh, fucking Thursday Night Live over here.
0: Yes. Yeah. Uh,
2: technical. <laughs> Musty TV so. on NBC. Big boy, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You like I Friends? <laughs> you like Friends? I got them. <laughs> you like Will and Grace? There are two. <laughs> You want to talk about who
0: was in this movie, Casey? Well, writer-director Adam Robitel or Ro- Robitel.
2: I think it's Robitessen.
0: Yeah, I think it's Renezme. Isn't that what they called that baby? Who fucking cares? Twilight? Anyway, so he wrote and directed uh, Escape Room and Escape Room Tournament of Champions, which I really need to watch because I loved Escape Room. I haven't seen it. It's so good. Um, I have it on the list eventually. And then he directed the last Insidious movie, or the third one or something, Insidious, The Last Key. That one
1: was, that one was crazy. It is really good. Yeah.
0: And then he, or he directed those two, and then he wrote the screenplay for Paranormal Activity Ghost Dimension. Which makes sense that he was also, that he wrote and directed this. Yeah. Um... And I love the paranormal activities, but Ghost Dimension was not my favorite. I agree with that. Not my least favorite.
1: <laughs> yeah, by far. Yeah. I think I
2: missed that one. They all just kind of like meld together for me.
1: Yeah, the first one is the one that's like most vivid in my memory. Yeah.
2: The second one's my favorite. It's the only one I truly remember.
1: I need Those to fucking me. cabinets. Oh, yeah. Girl. Oh, yeah. I need to Girl. revisit. Girl,
2: <laughs> I thought I was going to die. I was like, this is it. This is, this is it. This is how I go. This
1: is death. That's how I'm going to feel tonight. When I go home, I'm going to be like, there's something. Debra's in here. I know she is. I
2: slid off the couch like a microwaved earthworm <laughs> when all those cabinets popped open. I literally thought it was the end.
1: Oh, my goodness. We'll have to cover that sometime. Oh, sorry. You're
2: fine. I've been told I'm kicking.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just really excited. It
0: just uh, affects the uh, the mic. Um. But are my
2: rhymes still tight?
0: Yo... <laughs> so uh deborah played by jill larson mm. um mm. i didn't recognize any of her other credits oh she was uh an extra in shutter island i think that she was the one that like went shh oh okay uh that was a weird fucking movie yeah I that was a disappointing movie especially mm-hmm. compared to this um Anne ramsey uh plays her daughter sarah um, and then there's a few other people, um, it's kind of hard to keep track of the extra, or not the extras, the, uh... The film crew. Yeah, the film crew, just because there's a lot go a lot going on. This film does not fucking stop. Mm-mm. Uh, Ryan Catrona. I don't, rec- I didn't recognize him, but he plays Harris in the movie. He's in Mad Men. That's cool. I didn't see it, but... Um, I didn't really recognize anyone else in the cast, but I kind of
1: like that in a uh, found footage movie, so that didn't yeah. bother
0: me at all. Yeah,
1: we've definitely discussed that before, and I, I totally agree. I, yeah. I prefer an unknown cast in found footage. Yeah. And there there's always that... Um,
0: There's always something a little harder about found footage, about making a found footage movie, because you have to take that extra step of, why are we recording? Who's recording? Making it look like it's not shot by someone who knows what they're doing, even though, though it's shot by someone who knows what they're
1: doing. Right, it should be like you expect, like the shakiness sometimes, and like the you have to make sure one of
0: the characters is out of frame behind camera if they're going to be the one filming it, because typically you don't have that person actually filming it because right. they don't really know what they're doing. You have to make it look good, but like you're walking around. And, first of all, I think this movie does this really, really well. Um, But I think that's kind of an often criticism of found footage movies, and I never care. Everyone likes to dive deep into the, wow, why would they, you know, be filming at this moment? And I'm always just like, I don't care. Right. I don't care. Just take me on the ride. Yeah, absolutely. I never, it never bugs me. I'm always just like, yep, okay, you set up the initial premise, there are these, and we'll go through the plot, Um, But there are these, you know, there are these students here who are going to pay them to film. They need the money. Okay, perfect. Set up. Awesome. That's all I need. Mm -hmm. And so many people are like, well, but at this moment, why would they turn the camera back on? It's like, I don't care. They did it because
1: it's interesting. And also, I feel like this movie did a really good job of the characters, like, seeming like they made genuine choices. Like, I felt like every, like, Action, reaction, felt genuine. I felt mm-hmm. like that's what makes a good found footage movie for me is I get so annoyed when it's like the dialogue seems forced mm-hmm. and, like, the acting seems forced. And I feel like this movie did not leave me wanting. Like, I I was thinking the entire time how authentic every single fear, frustration. Um, I related a lot to Sarah because Sarah uses comedy to cope and obviously... I think a lot of us here do the same thing. Everyone felt so
0: natural. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. And it's it's probably, it has to, I mean, big ups to the director for that because especially in a found footage movie, you know, you have a script, obviously, but Mm -hmm. you kind of have to let your actors do their own thing. You have to kind of say, get to this point, you know, kind of do this, and then... Because otherwise it really does feel completely scripted. And yeah, and I, yeah, 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 absolutely.
2: Everyone in this movie talks like a real person. Yeah.
0: And acts like a real, like, like I said, I don't recognize any of these actors, but I mean, great performances all around.
2: So the first time I watched it, I was just fucking blown away. By Jill Larson as Deborah Logan. And um, the whole time I was like, how do I know her? You know, like she seems so familiar, but I yeah. couldn't place it. And I felt like I had known her since I was like a little kid. And I didn't check. I was just so into the movie. But the second it was over, I went to IMDb. And it turns out that she played opal on all my children which was my mom's favorite soap opera <laughs>
0: I did see that she was on all my children when I looked at IMDB for like
2: 40 years oh my
0: gosh really so, yeah. like,
2: I have known her my whole life that's Aww. amazing
0: I love that I was
2: like that's fucking wild
0: my mom used to watch a lot of those shows way back in the day um, mm-hmm. for a little while I think all my children she really like I'm pretty sure that was one of the big ones can't remember if that's where my name came from my name came from a soap opera (laughs) um yeah my mom was obsessed with them for a long time and uh for I can't remember I think it was days of our lives but I cannot for the life of me remember which soap opera it was but there was a character Dr. Casey Reed and uh she really loved her so when my mom was you know my mom always said oh if I have a girl I'm gonna name her Casey and then that's how I came to be and came to be Casey. Here we are, and I love my name. Totally fine with that. Yeah, I like name. Casey. <clears throat> All right, so we're gonna kind of go through the plot. It's um, <clears throat> it's a simple plot, which is fine because it's got so much going on. Yeah. Um, and That's I what love we that said
2: about Grandpa's grave. <laughs>
1: There might be some dead parent jokes here tonight. <laughs> Fair warning. <laughs> Your parent
2: must be this dead for you to attend.
1: <laughs> uh, I, you know, I'm I'm here for the meeting, so I think I passed the I passed the vibe check. I am um, I'm the editor, or the unalive check.
0: So I have to be here.
2: <laughs> Who is this Rorschach guy, and why does he paint all these pictures of my dead dad?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Let's talk about the movie. Uh, <laughs>
2: It what, worked. What movie?
1: <laughs> uh,
0: so, yeah, it's it, like we've kind of set up already. It's this uh, film crew of students, grad, grad students of some kind, I assume. I don't know. Uh, two guys and a girl.
2: And a pizza place. Huh <laughs> I'm going to get some water. Okay. I'm better
0: off than Will enough. you give me uh, water from in there? Grab me a water, please. Mm-hmm
1: anus thing is possible
0: oh. anus things are possible you're right thank you so
1: much so the three
0: student characters the film crew uh, mia gavin and louise or is it louis I think it was Louise. Louise, yeah. Okay, whatever. Anyway, um, they show up, and they are there to make a little documentary about Deborah Logan, um, our main character, because she is suffering from the beginning stages of Alzheimer's. Um, She is also, she's got this huge house. It's her and her daughter, Sarah, who we've mentioned, and they... There's, like, a little dialogue between the two of them where you can tell they are... They don't have a lot of money. They're, they're gonna struggling. Lo- they're going to lose their house. They need to make some payments. Um, so we know that these guys are... These people are going to pay them. And that's, you know, that's the setup. That's that—that's all I need for that. Yep. Uh, we get the sense that the three film crew... That the crew is not on the up and up, really. I mean, they're there to make the movie, but they just... They're just there to make their movie and that's Yeah. Fair,
1: whatever. Um, I thought <laughs> there's a point where Mia's trying to relate to Deborah in the beginning, and she says that um, her grandfather went through the same thing, and then like the second Deborah walks away, they were like her her co her co-hosts, if you will, this little thing were like, I thought your grandparents were on vacation. Mm-hmm. She's like well, I needed her to be into it. You know, I needed her to do this. And I was like, you little bitch. Right. (laughs) Not that she would remember later, but.
0: Do either of you know the difference between (sighs) Alzheimer's and dementia? I think
2: dementia is the mean one. I don't know. Like, I, I, I feel like I should know. I just know that they're both awful.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. I know they're both awful. I know they're both. Incurable, I'm pretty sure, and I know it's just one of the hardest things you can watch someone go through. Uh, I should probably um, know more about that. Whatever. Uh, I one of the I've, I wrote down so many quotes from this because I feel like every line is just so purposeful and so. Just so poignant. I just feel like every line kind of is a little bit loaded, which I really love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So I wrote down when you know some of Deborah's first lines are. Uh, I'm not interested in being exploited, um, because she just wants you know, she wants her dignity. She doesn't want, which I get it. She needs the money, so she just she doesn't want to be exploited. I.
1: Yeah, I wrote down that Deborah seems very quick still when we when we meet her. She seems very on top of it. She seems very with it, you know. She oh. seems very hesitant about this whole thing. All of her outfits are so fucking
0: amazing. She dresses immaculate.
2: I mean, ugh.
0: She's amazing. She's I love so it. Her wardrobe
2: so cool. is breathtaking.
0: She's so beautiful. And, you know, we see her, like, Gardening, I think, at first a little bit, or doing mm-hmm. something um, with her spade, mm-hmm. and her, her little scarf spade. Her neck. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so they agree to let them film. Uh, we meet Harris, who is their neighbor, um, and he—I think he kind of helps keep the grounds a little bit for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I forgot to mention when we first meet Sarah, she is manic as hell. She is, like, running alongside the car like fucking Moe's in, uh, fucking the office when they go to (laughs) Shroop Farms and he's, like, running beside the car. Yeah,
1: I really did not like Sarah at first. I was like, this lady's, like fucking wild but, but then, then after yeah. a few minutes you're like she's just trying so hard to, to help get her them. Mom. Yeah. Yeah. yeah she's like please please mm-hmm. do this please choose her for this yeah. you know yeah. project I thought she really just wanted money at first and then I was like oh no she just really cares about her mom yeah because it's only been them I guess her dad died when she was like two or something like
0: that Sarah what the fuck <laughs> uh,
2: <laughs> that's the only thing I wrote down about Sarah yeah what <laughs> the fuck
1: What the fuck? Well, I would like to say that I think between the, um, you know, the college students that are there to do this, their thesis, I think that Gavin, that dude is a fucking douche. Yeah. That dude Mm -hmm. is not kind. He's not polite. He's not appreciative. I just can't stand him.
2: I wrote down, I hate mediocre white guys so much. That's
1: the same. Yeah, we're talking about the same mediocre white guy. Yeah, of course his
2: name is Gavin. Right. Get fucked.
1: Um, funny,
0: uh, little anecdote about that. Um, the other, co- the other co-writer that is, uh, credited to this movie, his name is Gavin Heffernan. You mean you wrote that character? You uh. named that character after yourself? Right. Very similar, and I bring this up way more often than I should. I really do. Um, the character in the new Candyman... The biggest piece of shit in the whole movie was named Clive. How fucking dare you? There were so many other characters in that movie. Or you could have named him Bernard after Bernard Rose, who, like, he wasn't a bad guy at all, but there are reasons I could see naming that character after him. But, like, Clive Barker doesn't deserve to be named after the piece of shit art director that has, like, a fucking leash kink with his girlfriend and like I don't know I anyway (laughs) the
1: other co-writer his name is Gavin and Gavin in this movie sucks yeah well I think we start to realize the true concern when they're like talking with um when Sarah's talking with the crew about how badly things have gotten um and you know Deborah's playing it off but Sarah's explaining like she fucking set the kitchen on fire. And, like, Deborah's like, oh, that was one time or something. And it's like, wait, one time is a lot. Yeah. One time could be the last time.
0: My mom set the kitchen on fire one time because she forgot there was something on the stove and it started a grease fire and she poured water on it. Oof. Oh, no. Oh, Christian. (laughs) Um, There's just little, tiny... Very subtle things at the beginning um, that point us toward, you know, Deborah's downfall. Like, she forgets little words. Like, I think she forgets bed frame or something like that. Yeah. And it just takes her, like, half a second to remember it. And it's just very subtle. And I was kind of annoyed with Sarah at first because she kept saying, like, something like, she'll say something.
1: Remember? 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 Yeah. No, not right now. Mm -hmm. She doesn't really remember. Stop saying that. Yeah, that was, I was kind of annoyed at that point too, but.
2: Well, it's, it's not often that I see someone with a higher anxiety level than me. <laughs> and Sarah really just wears her anxiety right there.
1: Yep. No hiding that. On
2: her face and body all the time.
1: <laughs> she is really like on another level. Of Except when
2: she's drunk. And that scene where she's drunk on the porch. Oh. <sighs> That was one of the most bone-chilling scenes of the movie for me. It truly, yeah.
1: it gave me an understanding as to maybe why she wasn't as... It's not that she didn't care about her mother and that she wasn't, like, kind to her mother, but, like, you know, it it shows that there is kind of a riff in their relationship because mm-hmm. um, she was essentially on the porch with the crew and she was drunk mm-hmm. and she was talking about how she kissed a girl when she was younger and
2: she liked it
1: she liked it and her mom saw and was so embarrassed and she just loved the taste of her cherry chapstick and
2: oh please it was Burt's Bees
1: Sarah I
2: have seen a lot of lesbians in my life but (laughs) I have never seen one like Sarah I am certain (laughs) that she rolls her own tampons (laughs)
1: So, you know, it is, it does show us that there's kind of this heartbreaking riff where she's maybe not always felt so accepted by her mother and, you know, she said that her mother was embarrassed of her and that you could tell that hurt has always stuck with her, which, I mean, of course it did, you know, Mm -hmm. and now she's in this situation where despite having been resentful for her mother in the past, maybe for these things, rightfully so, but she's in this position now where she has to kind of be the parent and, show that kindness to her mother that she never really got.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. So it's it's understanding why she's hesitant. Mm-hmm. We
0: learn at some point uh, around here uh, that she, that Debra used to um, work for a switchboard answering service. Well, she didn't even work for it. She had the switchboard answer. Mm-hmm. It was just her for this little town, and she... You know, c- connected everybody. She was the one, she was the information highway. And it just like you, this is one of those first insights that it's like, wow, this woman was, and it, you know, is incredible. Like she was so intelligent and so quick witted, and you know, that she was able to do this mm-hmm. all on her own. There's this huge switchboard that we see. And you know, it just makes it even sadder because we, You know, we're literally just watching this woman deteriorate, and, you know, at the end we find out, you know, what's happening, but even still, to an extent, she's still going through this, Mm -hmm. and it's such a realistic depiction of what it's like to watch someone deteriorate in that state, and it's, Mm -hmm. it's a scary movie, it's a funny movie, and it's so fucking sad. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, we kind of are starting to move along and see things that are starting to happen a little bit. Um, Deborah is convinced that she sees an intruder outside trying to get into the house. So she's constantly like in the middle of the night, like nailing the window shut. And it's really fucking creepy. And there's a scene where she's in the kitchen and she's on the floor. And then all of a sudden the bitch is on the fucking stove on top of the stove. You don't see her jump, you don't see her move. The time does not change. This bitch floated. She did floated. She be floated. She be floating. And then the, the doctor was like, "We should just put her on more medication." And I was like, "Medication to stop her from fucking floating? Is it going to help? She's literally time jumping." Like, "No. That's there's something wrong with We there's something wrong with Debra, you know. <laughs> I just I'm just saying.
0: <laughs>
2: coming soon to a theater near you there's something wrong with Debra uh,
0: when is it that she attacks that guy the first time is it right around here
1: oh well didn't she oh yeah sorry she attacked herself first she like ripped her she was like ripping her throat out or something oh my god yeah she oh, I
0: forgot about that mm-hmm. I can't because I, I remember at one point she attacks one of the guys and he fucking jumps up on the counter like, she's yeah. like a, a rat on the ground. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, she rips out parts of her own neck, and I think that's right after that, because uh, she freaks out about her spade. They find it in the freezer. Yep. Which, which that's very important, of course.
1: Yes, her spade. Because that's why she was freaking out. Cause she thought that he stole her spade. Yes. So, and there was a, uh, a
0: moment... Earlier, I think just a few minutes before that, where she had, like, she was holding a snake or something.
1: In the garden.
0: Yes. And with the snake, and the spade, and the garden, and obviously it's kind of a possession movie. There is so much fucking biblical, like, imagery in -hmm. this movie. Truly. For a movie that's not even about a demon possession or an exorcism. And it's, like subtle imagery that oh my god there's just so many things that I can point out and I will throughout the the podcast where she it's just these really amazing ways to um kind of drive home that <clears throat> those bib- biblical images and then also you know there's a lot of debate about um How a lot of possession movies are um, almost always women, um, female characters, and it's that idea of something being inside of someone. It's just inherently, I think, more comfortable for the public, obviously not to everyone, but you know, in these writers' eyes a little more comfortable subconsciously for it to be a woman that's being possessed and Deborah did not make me feel comfortable. (laughs) No. Well, no, but, um, just like rather than, rather than a man. And it really all ties back to this imagery of gardens and snakes and the garden of Eden. Right. And female, you know, Eve being the first sin and, um, you know, forbidden fruit, all kinds of things. I'll kind of point stuff out through it. I sound, I'm sounding so disjointed right now because I'm still kind of working through these thoughts. Oh, I yeah. just watched this. But it's just, oh, it's so good.
1: You know, I think the part that really, like, affected me, there were several. But the first one that really kind of got me was um, she was in the hospital and they were trying to figure out what was wrong with her. Like, they said this isn't normal symptoms of this disease. So... They do a spinal tap on her, and it is, oh my god, excruciating to watch.
0: I hate medical horror because it's so realistic. Oh my
1: god. I literally was, like, shivering.
0: It was, like, I mean, those are some of the worst parts of um, the original Exorcist is when she's in the hospital, those medical tests they do on her. Yeah. That's some of the scariest shit, man. Mm -hmm. It really fucking is. And her back scales, her, like, crusty Uh. (laughs) back. Yeah, there's some body horror in this. There's a moment, like, before she really starts to deteriorate on the outside, where she's looking in a mirror in her bedroom, and you can only see, like, half of her reflection. But she just looks so different in the mirror. Like, she looks like she does near the end of the movie.
1: I'm sorry I laughed at that point. That I wrote down, she looks like John Waters. <laughs> she, she does. And she just had a little mustache and a nice so suit. I so mad
2: about how right <laughs> you were.
1: We love you, John Waters. If you ever listened to this podcast, I would die. Oh my god. Anyways,
0: there are, there's a couple, so they set up a few cameras. There aren't a whole lot of shots like this. It's not, it's not overdone, which I appreciate because this is, it's very, very much the paranormal activity setup where there's cameras set up in the corners and there's static shots of, uh, you know, throughout the house while everyone's asleep. But there's specifically one or two in Deborah's room while she's asleep. And you see the, it's this very static, very long shot of the whole fucking room. And they make me so, so anxious. Yep. Because I don't know where to look. I don't know where the thing's going to come from. And my (laughs) eyes are just going all over the fucking screen. I was thinking that, too. I was like, like, "Uh, where do I look? Where uh, uh, is it going to come from? What is it, what's going on? And it just makes you so tense. And it's a very, like, active viewing experience. This movie very much is. I didn't. I tried to write down as many notes as I could about, like, plot and stuff and trying to keep things straight. That's why I'm still a little disjointed because I couldn't take my fucking eyes off the screen. It just, mm-hmm. it's a very active viewing experience.
1: Uh, yeah, the next point that I wrote down was a deaf burrito, question mark. Because at one point they, like, tucked her into bed and she was like, beaming at them like this creepy (laughs) ass look as they were walking out and she was like perfectly tucked in i was like oh a little death burrito but then it shit hits the fan because the switchboard starts going off and it is loud oh it was so it was so fucking loud and scary and they don't realize what it is at first they think it's a phone but Mm -hmm. you know the phone isn't where or they pick up the phone and that's not it so then they realize that they need to like Go figure out what's going on upstairs where the switchboard is. Yeah.
2: Which can never be a good idea.
1: No. <laughs> so many addicts.
2: <laughs> so many addicts. They this place
1: on like, so bad. I love it. Uh, I did notice at this point, because,
0: um, I mean, it could be argued, you know, if you're trying to find flaws in this movie, if you're really trying to nitpick, you know, why does she keep the film crew there? Yes, part of it's the money. But you can also just tell Sarah is so at her wit's end. She is so scared and anxious and alone. The only person they have is Harris, who is, you know, an older man. He lives next door.
2: He's so cute. He's precious. He's really love
0: sweet. him. sweet. Um, even what he does later, I still love him. Yeah. And, uh, but, and so she keeps looking back toward, you know, Mia and the rest of them, and she makes one of them go first at one point, and she, you, she knows it's her mother. You know what I mean? But she she's knows. fucking terrified. But yeah, she's so fucking scared. And that's
1: just another reason that she's keeping these people around. Yeah, and then we get up the stairs, where Deb is sitting naked at the switchboard, like, plugging in this number which we'll find out later is very important, but she shocks the fuck out of herself. Mm. And it is a very hard scene to watch. It's fucking...
0: That, honestly, was maybe my favorite scene of the movie and maybe the part that is the reason I don't sleep tonight. The demonic voice? Well, no, when it happens, there is this, and I mean the splittest, Mm -hmm. splittest of fucking seconds... Where this fucking face flashes and it takes up the entire screen. Very much Captain Howdy in The Exorcist. I didn't see that. So fucking minor. And there's one other moment where something like that happens that I noticed anyway. And it, oh my god, it scared the shit out of me. That was the part that, like, I felt like gross about it like oh i god, did not fucking it. it very much scared me the way the first time i ever saw captain howdy's face i was like oh god because it's just so
1: instant and your brain is like did i just fucking see that and her voice just Ugh. like is so guttural, and like you don't really know what she's saying but it isn't a voice that like could not possibly come out of her mouth and we later find out that it's French that she's speaking. Mm-hmm. and it's just like she's like, "Mom did not know French. It's like y'all should know something the fuck is up right now." Well, to be fair. To be fair,
2: Deborah seems like she
1: would know French. But would she speak it in a demonic voice?
2: <laughs> I guess you're right. <laughs>
1: Oh, but yeah, one of the quotes that I wrote down is, how many addicts you people got? (laughs) All of the
2: addicts.
1: Um, Well, let's see what part's next. Probably the, oh yeah, the 337 part. That's an important number.
0: Yeah, that was the number she was, uh, I guess, like, switchboarding into yes um and they can't figure out uh which client that would go to
1: yeah because there was a book of all her clients and apparently she was very meticulous about keeping everything in order um which we can see even like in the beginning of the movie there's like one little figurine and she's like oh that goes there and it was moved like an inch from its resting spot Mm -hmm. but she you know she was just meticulous that Mm -hmm. way and so the fact that there was this page missing it like you know, we were we were left to wonder what that was, but we find out shortly through um charcoal paper and, you know, some um etching. Uh what is it called? Like
0: impressioning. Yeah, a, dip- a depression
1: of it. Um, that it was the name of a local pediatrician who was accused of killing four local girls and then went missing. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. Mm-hmm. De yes. Um more biblical
0: Garden of Eden kind of imagery because she, uh, right around here, pukes up uh, a bunch of dirt and earthworms, and that ties into, you know, what we find out later, but still.
1: Um, well, they they found out there's a documentary about this guy. Yes. And they watched it, and it was talking the documentary about how there were 14 girls found... Um, killed with snake carvings on their foreheads, Mm -hmm. snake venom in their bodies, Mm -hmm. and they were partially cannibalized, and they said that each of the girls had just started their first menstrual cycle, and they, they called it Bleeding Flowers. Like, it was part of this, like, ritual, so this guy could live forever. Right. But he needed five to complete it, so it's like, didn't quite get to his mission goal. And again, that ties into the
0: same stuff of Original Sin, And I just can't stop bringing it up. I'm sorry. It's it's such a good fucking allegory, like it really is. Thank you for bringing this to us, Zach. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. I
1: yeah. Yeah. Do you wanna do you wanna talk a little bit about anything? I feel like we've been we've been talking so much. Your notes are so extensive.
2: I wrote down five things.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: the shotgun scares. Harris comes over at one point with a shotgun and just starts yelling. Yeah. the, gun, shoots the like,
2: minivan. That's a new sound.
0: It's oh. so frightening. It yeah. really, like, it's just jarring. You don't expect guns in this kind of movie. You expect crashing and, you know, yelling and people... You know, blood or whatever. And he's he's shooting something
1: the fuck up. Yeah, you just don't expect a whole lot of, like, shotguns in these movies. So then we get to meet the sheriff, who is Laura? Lori? I don't remember. I can't remember. (laughs) Larissa. Well, she. Loretta. I I wrote Sexual Lesbian Tension. Hot. Because Sarah was. That was the girl that she kissed in her story from when she was drunk on the porch, and you could you could cut the tension with a knife. A it was hot. No, kn- even a though knife. she was a even though she was a cop.
0: Yeah, you know, you know, whatever. We hate to see it. We hate to see it, but we love to watch it sometimes. <laughs> oh my god! So when she's in the hospital oh for a my while. God. She fucking abducts a child and goes to a different part of the hospital, and the parents are, like, freaking the fuck out. And they're and like, then, how
1: d- is our child missing?
0: Yeah, how's your child missing? And then, like, ten minutes later, they're like, how do you keep letting this happen? <laughs> it happened the fuck Bitch, day. how do you keep letting this happen? Why did either, Why did you both leave the little girl at the same time? Because they just walked the
1: fuck out of there. It was just... It was insane. Yeah. The, the poor child, too. Like, she was, like, hypnotized. Poor little cancer survivor. Well, yeah.
0: it explains... So, I mean, we're obviously spoiling this entire movie. Um, but it explains that these entities... It's... What do they call them? Spiritual parasites. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. They invade hosts that are <coughs> vulnerable. Very vulnerable. So, um, the very young the very old and the infirm so very sick yeah um and that's sick like like this little girl's a little cancer you know patient
1: yeah
0: and uh but also mentally sick like alzheimer's dementia you know um they even tell the story of this one woman that um whose son died and she's obviously grieving so much that you know the same kind of thing happens to her and they had to have a witch doctor come yeah. and cure her, basically.
1: Yeah.
0: And they, oh, and they had to burn the bones of the little boy so that she, she would, would purify. be cured. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wrote down at this point we're like a day sixty.
1: Um, oh yeah.
0: And I hadn't seen a lot of the other days before that, and it kind of blew my fucking mind that it had been sixty days that they were because without doing this. without those because like a lot of um. And I think especially in, like, the Paranormal Activity movies, it can get a little egregious with um, night one, night two, night three, night four. Mm-hmm. And it, like, right. you're just, like, you're, like, okay, it's the next night. I get it. Yeah. Um,
1: but the but fact I that truly, there was so much time I that truly, this was filmed, yeah, supposed to be
0: filmed over. Exactly. I truly did not realize that much time had passed. So I, it felt necessary. And it really, I was, like, oh, shit, they've been dealing with this for a while.
1: And the thing that's crazy that happened next is that um, sweet little Harris, who we love, he's just, he's been trying to protect Deborah this entire movie. He just, you can tell he really cares about her. Yeah,
0: early on he um, has a moment with Sarah where he's like, you need to tell the film crew to leave. And this isn't explicit. We just kind of see them talking from a distance. Yeah. And she's like, no, we need the money. And he's like, I'll sell my
1: tractor.
0: Yeah, yes. he he really loves this family and wants wants what's best for them. but yeah. I think he's also That's at this point that we're talking about about to talk about. He's also very vulnerable at this point. He's
1: yeah, he's been going through
0: this roller coaster. Yes, you can tell that mm-hmm. he they are probably all he has in the same sense that he's all they have. Right, and. He's watching, you know, this woman that he loves, you know, even as just as a friend, but loves and cares about this woman, just slowly deteriorate mentally and physically. Right. While she's losing her house. And then on top of that, you're watching this film crew document the entire thing for profit.
1: Yeah. I can, I can understand why he's upset. I really
0: love his character. I really, really do.
1: Yeah. But uh, next we get the shot where Harris is visiting Deborah in the hospital, and she's just like, please just kill me. Like, she's miserable. She's, she's just, she's so done fighting. You, you almost don't even hear it. It's the
0: smallest, softest, little kill me.
1: Mm-hmm. And he took the fucking pillow and he tried to suffocate her. And all of a sudden, the TV in the hospital bed, or in the hospital room, flew across the room and all you can see is that it definitely fucking hit him
0: and then it cuts and there's you know that moment makes you wonder you know which moments are still deborah and which you know of her how much she's still there how much control she still has and how she truly wanted to die and how aware she is of Oh God! Just the presence of what's in her, because we find out. So the um the guy De Hardin or whatever his name was, we find out near the end, um, that or yeah, kind of around this time, yeah, that because the whole time uh, Sarah has assumed
1: Harris Harris it killed mm-hmm. the guy reasonably so. I mean, he was a horrible. Child, child killer,
0: child murderer, and eater. Ew, gross. Uh, <laughs> Truly, she's assumed that it's been Harris the whole time, and that her mother, you know, covered up for her best friend, and they buried him together. And Harris says, "No, it was your mom that killed him with his very like dying breaths." Yeah, and you know, he says she he did it. She did it with the spade, and this whole time. She has been obsessed with this spade. And she went out to the garden at one point, and she was stabbing in the dirt. Um, and you don't know what the fuck she's doing. She freaked out about it at one point. And so he says, no, she, he, she stabbed him in the neck with the spade. And so they run home, and they're trying to uncover the body. But they just uncover the spade, of course, because she's already <sighs> been there. And... Oh. There's, there's... They said they buried him alive.
1: Yeah. I did
0: catch that. Yeah. That was definitely something that I was like, oh. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. I, yeah. Ooh.
1: Anyway, uh, but I guess if she stabbed him in the neck, he didn't live too long. Right. Yeah. Well, we then are searching through the house again because we're trying to find this body. It has to be somewhere. Deb, Deborah relocated it. You know? It's like,
2: always in the last place you live.
1: <laughs> not going over to Zach's anytime soon. Oh, um, <laughs> I wrote, nope. Because they see this attic. <laughs> one of their 18 fucking attics that is, like, looks like there's, like, a uh, leakage from the ceiling. And I was like, nope.
0: Mm-hmm. She's like, we
1: gotta go up there. And they were just, like, so fucking horrified. And it was so sticky and it was just like i wrote stop touching it oh my mm-hmm. god right I was everyone like, touched it and why are they touching the sticky stuff and they kept
0: talking about how it smelled bad because they're obviously looking for a body and i'm like yeah it smells like
1: skeleton oh like you're just inhaling skeleton bits mm-hmm. yeah so well anyways they found the body <laughs> no shit no 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 shocker there in a like fucking burlap sack. Another goddamn attic. <laughs> Another goddamn attic. The quotes in this were hilarious. Yes. Um but yeah, so they were like trying to burn the body in the fireplace and it just
2: Amateurs. it
1: just Oh yeah, you wrote down, you wrote down something that's uh, pertinent to this part. I noticed.
2: Let me check my list.
1: <laughs> hey Mia,
2: we need to talk about fire safety. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this Zach, talk about it. All
2: right. So, imagine the worst thing you could do around a fire, <laughs> and that's still not as bad as Mia.
1: No, it's true. She like doused herself
0: in fucking lighter fluid. She got fucking sprayed in the face with it, and then continued to lean over the fire and, and try to use the fucking. Squeezed it,
2: squeezed it with all her might on an open flame, like. It looked like... Well,
1: it was still on her face. What a terrible yeah. fucking idea. But anyways, uh, the body did not stay lit. It was not lit, fam.
2: Which kind of pissed me off because it's like, if you're going to act that way around fire, you deserve to burn to death.
0: Yeah, it's like check off like, fire. Uh, like, yeah, yeah if you really. introduce gasoline to the face or lighter fluid to the face, I expect that bitch to catch on fire. Mm-hmm. That's just how cinema works
1: right cinema so you know we're figuring out that something is keeping this body from being lit and we get a scene that's cut back to the hospital um with one of the cameras that they installed in deborah's room and this scene is also very unnerving because we see deborah like fully taken over by this entity at this point and she is ripping the skin off her hands to get them out of the shackles and when i tell you when you see her hands, it is down to the bone. She looks like a walking skeleton, and she fucking has snake venom in her. All of a sudden,
0: yeah. Again, uh, She's like a
1: fucking spitting cobra.
0: Yeah, I mean, again, another part of that fucking biblical Im- energy, energy imagery. God, I can't fucking talk. <laughs> um, of you know. Um, Ad, or Eve, you know, eating that forbidden fruit, which that comes up in a minute, uh, and fucking everything up for everybody, and yeah, introducing evil into the world.
1: Um, she also fucking venomous. Took, yeah, yeah, she took the little girl again. Yeah, her parents are just not good parents. And you know, their
0: kind of explanation for the spiritual entity, kind of. As a whole, almost explains the whole creepy kid trope, which, I mean, you could, there are books and books and books and books written on creepy kids and the trope in horror movies about them. Terrifying. Um, but it, like that, that explanation really does make sense for, you know, spiritual parasite or whatever, because kids are very vulnerable anyway. They're just naive, they are more susceptible to believing, you know, things at face value and obviously more susceptible to emotional manipulation. Yeah. And so it makes sense that a lot of kids would have that connection.
1: Creepy kids. Right. Mm-hmm. So we were like, what the fuck's going on? And we're, you know, in like the police are called. We're following Deborah. Deborah and this little girl are walking into this fucking scary ass cave no bitch i didn't sign up for caves y'all know i'm claustrophobic you let me watch this movie i wrote the fucking cave claustrophobia omg i was like i didn't breathe i don't know if you could hear i was just dead fucking silent i was like <gasps> it's like when i every time i watch fucking the descent yep. or the new blair witch i did not I can't expect can't breathe to be
0: that like claustrophobia and shit it
1: was movie. so fucking scary Oh my god! Like Zach was saying earlier, the last thirty minutes of this movie, I I I hardly wrote anything down because I just could not get myself Mm -hmm. to take my eyes off the screen. There's just so many moments we didn't even talk about that are just little moments of Deborah making eye contact with the camera or these evil looks that she was giving, and it is just chilling because that woman is serving. Oh my god! It's just it's absolutely. Oh my I think,
2: god! Honestly, I think Jill Larson as Deborah Logan might be my favorite performance in a horror movie.
1: It's amazing. I've, it's, never, I've seen never seen anything, anything like, like
2: that.
1: that. Yeah. No, that true. <sighs> Look, I've chills again. Oh, trust. Oh my She's god! Amazing. Seriously, so, she deserves yeah. all of it. All of the.
0: All of the hype. Um, so yeah, then they in this to, cave. Oh my god, this is that
2: fucking cave. <laughs> oh my
0: god. And okay, was like a crawl space cave.
2: I don't know. There's don't a lot know. going on. I don't know. There's
0: like into so a weird. They
2: were out I, at the old mill, right? So it would make sense. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, here's the thing, though. So I had seen this imagery because Me it's kind do. of everywhere, but Me I had too. forgotten that it was from
1: this movie. Me too, bitch.
0: And so they're mm. looking know, okay. for Deborah and this kid. <laughs> And like so, Sarah steps around like there's these giant rocks, boulders. stalactite. Yeah, it's a rock.
1: Um, or my I don't know which one comes from the floor.
0: I don't know. Um, so she kind of looks around this rock, and she's got this horrified look on her face. And the <laughs> camera kind of comes around.
1: And fucking what is it? What does it show, Zach? I want you to talk.
2: Hey, big boy, <laughs> do you want to see an old lady deep-throat a toddler's head? <laughs> then have I got a movie for you. Aww.
1: Yeah, that really happened. Bitch, unhinges. She's
2: taking it like a reticulated python Unhinges oh her God. fucking jaw. Oh, my God,
1: I didn't think about that. Like a snake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, fuck. I miss mm-hmm. that. And it's like, it's crazy. because oh it's so scary.
0: It's not like they're laying down. Like, they're standing next to each other. Mm-hmm. And her, like, she's just, like. Oh my god, it's
1: fucking insane! It is. I thought the child was gone for. I thought the child was fucking dead. I thought that child was going, to, like it was like it reminded me so much of Pennywise. Oh my god! In that moment, yes. Pennywise's giant mouth and it just seems mm-hmm. absolutely inhuman. You know, it's mm-hmm. just like that is a creature. And Sarah shoots. She fucking shoots. She does.
0: And, like, I was like, okay, so they're both dead, right? And I, I know, like, I thought she
1: hit the little there's girl. There's, like,
0: well, there's a one point where the little girl's got, like, a little wound on her head right here. I'm like, did the, did it shoot through the two of them? But they both, they both survive. hmm So, weird. Um, one thing that I was really thinking about at the end of the movie, um, just kind of, again, thinking about that. Women are the ones who are possessed. Women's mm-hmm. are the women are the vulnerable ones, that kind of trope. Um, this movie does not feel like it's taking that trope and making a movie. It feels like it's making a commentary on that trope. Mm-hmm. And also on just the way women are treated in society, especially as they age as this thing to be feared, this commodity, this thing, you know, if you're not filming it making money off of it, you're just, you're useless. You're not, you know, at a certain age, that's just kind of how women are treated after, you know, basically after birthing age. Yeah. Um, you know, once you go through menopause, you're just fucking dead and sexless and, you know, (laughs) right. That's just kind of how society treats them. But it just, The fact that this movie starts out as a documentary about this woman deteriorating because of Alzheimer's but then then turns into her being possessed by this spirit and having to, you know, dispel it somehow. It really just feels like the director was taking those ideas and saying, I'm going to make a movie about this. And not like shove it down your throat, not make you feel like, oh, God, this movie's, you know, trying to learn me all day long. You know what I mean? Like, right. But if you really sit down and think about it, it's like, man, they really... He was really just trying to do something with this. And
1: I think he did a really good job with it. Yeah, and I think the thing that we forgot to mention about the very end is they did finally um, burn the remains... And, you know, we kind of get this big moment of, like, oh, everything's going to be okay. You know, not necessarily for Deborah because she's still unfortunately succumbing to her her disease. And, you know, it's not necessarily great things in her future. But, you know, at least she's not holding on to this. This parasite's not mm-hmm. holding on to her anymore. Exactly. Um, but then we get a cut scene at the very end to this little girl. It's amazing. It's her 10th birthday. She's in remission. She's got gorgeous long hair now where it seems like such a happy scene. And then she looks at the camera and it's deviant and it's diabolical. And you just know that the spirit of that man is now inside of this, like, connected to this little girl. And it's just so fucking sad.
0: I even said during the, like, the little birthday party scene out loud, I was like, there's no way this is a happy ending. Yeah, there's no way. Yeah. Yeah. But then the credits, as soon as the credits roll, the music is so beautiful and soft and just, like, so melodic and almost like a lullaby. Like, I could fall asleep to this shit. And it's basically... I mean, it doesn't need creepy music at the end. It doesn't need a terrifying score. It doesn't need a theme song at the end to be like, do, 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 do. You know what I mean? And I love those. But this movie's like, no... We've scared the shit out of you enough and terrified you and made you think about death and life and losing everything you've ever known. We're going to set you down gently. (laughs) Here's a beautiful song to walk out on. Um, Hope you can sleep.
1: I'm definitely going to have some nightmares tonight. I'm glad I've got my new Squishmallow, Geo. He's going to be by my side. He's a little dragon, as well as my two real-life dragons, Steel and Leroy. Um, We're going to have a big cuddle puddle tonight, and they will keep me safe. I believe that. Knock on wood. I've got
0: Hannibal. <laughs> he always keeps me safe. Keys, keys. Yes. And I also have my own little reversible squishmallow. <laughs> and, and you I'm
1: have in. Sydney <laughs> beans. And I have a six pound chihuahua.
0: <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> and and your tiny little floof ball of a cat. Two cats. Yes, you do have two kitties.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean, you're right. <laughs> I have three things to throw. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And two of them are pussies. Aww. <laughs> well, Zach, it has been so much fun having you. I feel like this is so long overdue. Um, I think we should give Zach a special shout out, not only for being on today, but he also made us the most incredible baked ziti Oh, it with garlic was. Garlic bread. Oh, it was so fire. Oh, my, my God. God. I've been I'm seeing, stuffed, and I'm, st- I'm still about to eat my lipstick. I've been I have thinking about there. it this
0: entire podcast because, like, <sighs> holy shit, it was so. Just so incredible. I just love hot
1: cheese.
0: Oh. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There
2: were three (laughs) kinds of cheese.
0: sausage. He made it with sausage. You better stop. You little slut. Mm -hmm. And mushrooms. Tell me more. Uh. (laughs) Mushrooms with big heads. Oh, my God. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, I don't know if we'll have any listeners. They're shiitake
1: mushrooms. Oh, if that's your cake, that's fine. Bro, it's deaf I can assure you it is not. <laughs>
0: I would lay under
2: a glass table while someone took a dump, but that's as far as I'd go.
1: You know, at the gathering at the Juggalos once, <laughs> I saw these people <laughs> climb up on a ladder and shit on people's chests from on top of the ladder. That's a true goddamn story. I almost threw up on stage. I was, like, side stage, so I wasn't on the stage. I was not getting shit on, I'd like to clarify that. I did have some vago poured on me on stage though once. My titties were out. You can find them on the internet. If you, you really st- are. if
0: you still listen to this podcast after this episode, we love you very much.
2: <laughs> but you're clearly um, damaged. <laughs> yeah, you got issues.
1: Anyways, friends. I've got tissues. Zach, do you have any final words? Motor. Carpet. Thank you for that insight. That was wonderful.
0: I'm, <laughs> I'm inspired
1: um, well what are we doing uh yeah, next
0: week future uh so when this comes out uh we will have a bonus episode out um the Sunday so they all come out on Friday but the Sunday after this comes out we'll have a bonus episode um where Jess and I do a little trivia night where uh we have this she has this trivia game we just ask each other some stupid questions about horror stuff um and we get a little tipsy and it's really fun um and the next but the next movie review we'll be doing is Reanimator. And I am so fucking excited.
1: I have seen this movie one time, but I, I'm super excited to rewatch it. I watched it with our good friend Piff. Love you, Piff.
0: I've seen this movie like a hundred times, and I'm so fucking stoked what's to cover
1: lead, Herbert West. Herbert West is hot.
0: Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> Jeffrey Combs. Every time he's on, Hot. he's on the scene. He is, ju- or on the screen, he is just chewing the fucking scenery. Oh, I just can't wait! I cannot wait to talk about that
1: movie. Um, so you know, that'll be in uh, the week after this comes out. I was just gonna say that my antidepressants really like destroy my sex drive, but he can reanimate it. Ooh. Oh. Mm. Aww. <laughs> Anyways, friends, we are so excited to share so much content with you this, you know, this coming uh, month. October is super fun for us. Yep, we're um, gonna go
0: to some haunted houses tomorrow. We some, are spooky species. some
1: spooky spaces. <laughs> oh. I didn't get to go last year, so super excited. We're gonna do that tomorrow. Yep.
0: Just a fun little haunt.
1: Yep. Well, um, thank you so much
0: again for coming on this episode with us. And we definitely uh, want you back. So He's going to make a next time. Yes. So next time you think of a movie. Well, now like, I'm not. <laughs> you pick the movie again and I know you'll blow our minds. It's
2: going to be Scream 2. <laughs> if I was fair. being too subtle
0: earlier tonight. Another thing I love about Scream 2 is. No, yes, we will definitely do Scream 2. I want to. <laughs> I love Scream 2 all the screen me movies. too i love the whole franchise yes
2: same but mm.
0: we'll have to do <laughs> two
2: so we'll have to do out, a little honey. review
0: right before the new one, the comes, new one out. comes out mm-hmm. yeah. yeah i love that yeah and we can kind of talk about a little bit about all of them but we'll do a main review on the second one excellent
1: yes, Very cool. well, thank, Very cool. yes. well thank you zach um and thank, thank, thank you guys this was yes. so much fun yes and yeah. thank you guys so much for listening um we truly, from the bottom of our hearts, appreciate it. We have no idea how many actual views or, like, listens we're getting. Um, so if you guys just want to, like, let us know on Twitter or Instagram that yeah, you're enjoying the podcast, us. we have no way of knowing, and we would just love to interact with you
0: guys more. Yes. And So Twitter and Instagram at Deeper's Creepers, and always feel free to email us at Pod at gmail.com.
1: All right. Well, we love you guys. Love have you. a good night. And stay, stay spooky. spooky. Bye. Where did you get those eyes?
0: Where did you get those eyes? Where did you get those eyes?